If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the latest edition of The Blend. My name is Steve Benz, broadcasting from Studio B just outside Chicago, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere where you can't really find me. One of my favorite guests has now come back. He is one of the founding members of a great band from Detroit. Let's welcome Mike Skills right back to the show. Mike, how the hell are you, my friend? Steve, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm hanging in there. That's I know. I can ask for nothing more than that. <laughs> I'm still putting on music and you're still uh, airing airing things. Uh, you know, that's how it should be. You are um, one of the band members where I play all day long. People want to hear you, want to hear the romantics every day. That's got to make you proud all these years later. Not that's that my heart. So. That's my heart. That's my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to believe it has been um, 40 plus years since I, I started. I Can you believe that? It's gone fast. I can't, it's hard to fathom. It's really hard. To, it's really, and it's been fun and it's been work. It's now that you stop and you look, because we're working up to last year. Once you stop and start looking, you go, you notice things you haven't thought about. I wasn't thinking about uh, how the impact of MTV was. I knew it was big, but sure. really when I saw the other, a month ago or so, it was like, I'm going, wow, it was really humongous. It was amazing. It's amazing. What were the big dreams putting the band together, or at least the original inception of the Romantics? First of all, were you guys called the Romantics? It wasn't called the Romantics first, and um, but we were inspired. We were inspired because the whole punk scene had happened. True. And we grew up through that Detroit thing and Motown in, in the sixties, and and this whole thing was burgeoning in New York. You had the Ramones and Blondie, and L.A. You had uh, a few bands out there. Um, can't say the name right now but i go into that later um and then in london the dolls went over to london new york dolls after the glitter scene and it really kind of blew everything up and turned into a english punk scene thing a really more raw uh a little bit negative and nihilistic and and also positive some of it but um i got the jam out of it you know the jam and and um those those kind of bands i got that's what really turned me on uh, the, the, the Flame of Groovies recorded their album with Dave Edmonds mm -hmm. and uh, Shake Some Action. That song is great. And um, that inspired me to go, wow, we can write these pop songs. Jimmy, we, we, had just, we had just broke up. We just went to New York, played CBGBs with the Motor City Rockers, came home, and we broke up. And then... Um, Jimmy was the drummer, right? Yeah, he was my high school uh, chum. You know, we oh, played okay. through high school. He played drums through high school. Okay. I played bass and guitar, but mostly bass through high school. And uh, I still was a guitar player and learning from all the guitar players in Detroit. Detroit has great guitar players. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I must say it. Uh, and I learned a lot from them. And, and I just, but it took, I took myself back to like the Kinks, Louie Louie, all that good hard rock stuff. It wasn't, you know, it was uh, 
purist, purist stuff. But anyway, the, the Plain Blue Groovies came out. Uh, the Jam came out. I saw their look uh, in uh, uh, New Musical Express, I think it was, or one of those magazines. And um, I brought this stuff over to Jimmy. I go, man, check this out. It's Plain Blue Groovies, man. We went and listened to it. And then I, then I had uh, the New Music Express with a jam. They had the, their, their black jackets with the white shirts with black tie. Right. Right. Yeah, this you're talking uh, 77, 8, 9, 78, or 9. Yeah, 70, 76, 76 or 77. Oh. And um, I go, this is, this is just what we learned. This is what we grew up with. So we, that's what we aimed for, that whole genre, that kind oh. of thing. Wow. And if you're thinking 76, was it wasn't... Uh... Bob Seger was all over the radio at the time. Bob Seger, the Eagles, yeah. Kansas. Yeah. Uh, what's the band out of Chicago? Sticks. Yeah, Sticks. Uh, and here they're saying 70s music isn't that great. I mean, come on. Well, I love, we grew up on Led Zeppelin and Humble Pie and all that raw rock and roll stuff from, mm -hmm. from England. We grew up in Mata, Hoople, and T-Rex. Mm -hmm. We loved it. But, but it was getting... Uh, uh detroit bands were no more uh the mc5 broke up iggy iggy was in uh la mm -hmm. so jay giles took the place man the jay giles band came to detroit and they were like right. became like the detroit high energy raw blues their first two albums are really incredible oh, and um they were inspired to inspiring to us that was our band uh that brought us out of the doldrums in detroit because it was like decaying um detroit was totally decaying at that point in the middle of the 70s oh. and uh unfortunately uh um so we saw this we saw this thing uh so we had been banging away banging away writing songs and learning how to write songs and uh um and this i saw that thing i saw the thing in the paper and the album and we go i think we can do this and i wasn't going to play guitar i was going to play bass <laughs> so but we couldn't there was no guitar player they were too good wow. you know what i mean they were like i don't i mean that in the way that they were great players but they were um, overqualified to do straight ahead rock and roll and, um, you know, kind of like a Buddy Holly influenced Eddie Cochran. They weren't into that. They weren't thinking that. And that's what, the, you know, the New York Dolls were all about that and 60s music. And that's what we were doing. We we're thinking the kinks. And I could write that. I, I go, man, Jimmy, I can write this stuff. I can write. So we got together and I, um, it was me and Jimmy, and we got back together that year. I think it was 76. Um, I had met Wally a couple of years earlier at a, a recording session. Um, didn't talk to him anything after that. Um, I heard he was playing high school with a, a like a doo-wop 50s kind of thing uh, in really? 76. And um, doing, uh, doing um, oh, I can't think of the name. Uh, anyway, he's doing all those pop songs from the 50s and 60s. But... Um, which is cool. Uh, so I, I heard he was at the school playing. I went to the school and uh, I didn't go in. I think I might have saw him after, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I didn't go inside inside to watch in the crowd. I was I went I was outside and I, like like old days when I was a kid. Climbed up and looked through the window, the screen on the window. Yeah, we've all and, done and that. They, yeah, is, I don't know why. I, I'm I'm still wondering why I did that. I don't think I wanted to say that it really sucked if it did. <laughs> so I wanted to be able to escape, but uh, uh, it didn't suck. It was, he was doing, he did a good job. And I, I went back to Jimmy. I told him that he was good, man. It's a, he's a singer. I mean, we call, we call, we, we look in the newspaper. Oh, singer wants, singer wants band. We call these guys all through, this happened through the seventies numerous times. Wow. We're looking for a guy kind of like, um, 
well, like a, uh, Rod, you know, not Rod Stewart, but that attitude and kind of like a Mitch Ryder or Iggy or a Rob Tyner from the MC5 or even Jagger a little bit. And they go, and you call these guys, you go, well, I'm into Steely Dan. And I go, sorry, sir, but, you know, we really want rock, straight rock and roll. And, and you know, no bad vibe on Steely Dan. It's just we're, 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 That's we're, funny. That's yeah. funny. But uh, anyway, we were into early Led Zeppelin, but it all got out of control. It was like uh, you'd go to a concert. I went to see Yes or something, and the bass player would do a 20-minute solo. The yeah. guitar player would do a 20-minute solo. The drummer would do a 20-minute solo. The keyboard player, Rick Wakeman, would do a 30-minute yeah. solo with the, yes. the cape and keyboards going all the way around, which is pretty cool. But um, it got a little boring and uh, uh, over-indulgent, self-indulgent. So that's what flipped everything on its head, I think, with the Ramones and uh, mm -hmm. Blondie and us too. And uh, the, punk, the, the punk scene that had came after that, after the Dallas went to London. Yeah. I think so, and we, we just were about simple, straight-ahead rock and roll. And it was that was weird for the Dallas. I went to to London. That like blew everybody's minds. Like what? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I didn't get well, it. When the Stones, I was just reading this. When the Stones were coming to New York, there was an uh, someone that was in the scene that was a writer. The writer said, "Forget the Stones. You got to go see the New York Dallas." Yeah, yeah. You know, that's how I would have that too. I would have saw the Dallas over over the Stones myself. So. Well, it kicked the Stones. It kind of the whole scene kicked the Stones in the ass. They, they wrote a couple of the best albums after that. Yeah, yeah. You know. I was big at the time was, uh, um, you, you can't was, bet against the stones. You can't bet against the stones. Yeah. Well, no, no, they're just, they, they've been out there too long. Me. I wanted to see that this was, I saw the police before they made it huge. We were on tour with the police when they first came over. That was, uh, surreal. Now that was, uh, you know, punk and just Stuart, just the speed, you know? So I I'm friends with Stuart. It was Bob Marley. It was, <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. Seeing them back then, that was really, really cool. Before, you know, synchronicity and all this other stuff. It's like, what well, Yeah, we did, what we, did a, we did a short tour through Canada and upstate New York uh, with the police. They were in a van and we were in a van. Wow. Passing each other by, you know. Wow. And they were, getting south, they were getting tickets and we were waving. That's <laughs> funny. It is a small, small world. In so a van. Let's get back to your track back. that you just, uh, you just recorded, uh, What I Like About You which yeah. I love. I love the rawness of that. And I suspect that's probably what it sounded like when you wrote it 40 years ago, 40. Plus. Yeah. Because when we went to the studio, the producer kind of cleaned us up a bit. Uh, yeah. He really kind of cleaned us up, which is all right because I think that adds, adds to the legacy of the sound. You can turn the, the first romantics record up and it sounds great. It really yep. sounds good. Yep. So I think it did really well. I played it a couple of times. Thank on, you. Uh, my other show. I'm getting really good reviews on it. Um, I thought it was time because Romantics originally were going to uh, redo a bunch of songs for the uh, maybe an album, but sure. maybe what I'm sure what I like about you uh, for the 40th anniversary, the 35th, the 30th anniversary. It never happened. We're, but um, and I said, what the hell, man? I'm going to wait till the uh, one more year and I'll do it on the 41st. Everybody does it on the 40th, so I figured I'd do it on the 41st because uh, screw us uh, all up because 2020 was such a crazy year. Right. I know it screwed me up. I had to keep going. That's my excuse. Anyway. Like, well, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Right. Isn't it? It's a great version. Uh, my uh, producer, Chuck Caucasian, my son, Mick, uh, I brought out my, I, br I brought out my uh, boxes and high watts. I have high watt stuff here in the studio. Wow. Uh, we recorded on high watt amplifiers back in the day. Yeah. And I, the dials are still marked. And uh, yes. I, uh, 
I uh, tuned it exactly, set it up exactly the way the the the, the high watt was in the studio for the first out for what I, the original, and played a Rickenbacker, rolled out my Rickenbacker, and the tone just worked. It just wow. worked. And my son Mick recorded my voice. Wow. And um, the guitar. Now, um, do you have the original demo from way back when? I don't have the original demo. I have the original cassette of oh. the demo. Cassette demo. So have that you ever listened to that? How, how does that compare? From, from 1976. 77, no, 78, 79, 80. Okay. So did you listen to that and compared the two or no? Well, I could tell by listening to it uh, from hearing it so much. And uh, the energy, the digital, I knew that it would be um, really acceptable and really um, uh, accepted mm -hmm. uh, digital, digital because uh, they probably digitized it off. I don't know if they did it off tapes. They probably did it off a CD or something. Could the be. ones you hear now. Yes. They yes. probably didn't didn't go in and dig up the tapes and go no. in and. No. They probably just put it on the album or yeah. They probably yeah. put it on a, a CD. So mine is. Uh, I'm not going to go where I think it, where I should go and say it, but it really turned out really good. Yeah, I mean, it the, did. The energy, the punch, the it really fits with the digital uh, format. It's it's got a um it's got an organic sound to it. Even though it's uh yeah, I think you sing that live when you go back on a tour. I thought you did that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm, that, so. I'm hoping to get out myself, me and Brad. Okay. And um, I have a friend, uh, Ricky Rat. He played with the Trash Rats, and he's a band in Detroit. Okay. And I'm hoping to get out soon and uh, do some stuff. Um, I just been I just been finishing all the music, getting the music up and out. Yep. Um, the what I like uh, the album comes out, digital album comes out September 10th. Okay. So that's, that's awesome. for sure. And then the vinyl in the fall. So we're now, riding. Brad, Brad is the drummer, right? He's been around for. Brad Elvis. Yep. yep. He, he was in numerous bands, uh, the Elvis Brothers in uh, in the 80s. And um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and he's a great drummer, great friend. And uh, Ricky and another cat will come out with us and we'll do yep. some. Uh, and then uh, the bassist is Rich, right? Rich, Rich is a bass player. I'm not sure if he's coming out with us this time, okay. but um, but he's with the Romantics, right? So then you've at least yeah. Involved. I have nothing. Rich is a great guy, great player. Um, I'm trying to make it so it's not sure. Romantics. So right, 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 right. Then that makes sense. Uh, just because so, so, I have everybody I have all these songs on these papers. Them, so yeah, I have all these songs on these papers that are still getting noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to get all this press, isn't it? I mean, were you the yeah. main writer for the band? Were you the main? Yeah, well, well if, you, if you mean, um, that's exactly because I'd come in. I mean, the drummer's not going to do it. And uh, and I always would come in and, uh, well, the drummer could do it. it would, I tuned the guitar for Jimmy uh, in open tuning. And next thing you know, I'm out of the band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, you know, it's like me. If you take my guitar right now and I pick it up you'll have an idea for a song. So right. that's where I come from. I, I just have this uh, thing of being, uh, not thinking too much about it and just get the feel and the vibe. And I have a beat in my head and, and I do it. And it's just, it comes out and I'll, I'll So your, uh, your, your song from years ago and now come from your, uh, your instrument. So that's the first thing you start with or do you start with lyrics? Oh, if you want to, uh, it could be, you know what? It doesn't have to be an instrument. I could be hearing, uh, you ever walk into a store or um, your house and on the other side of the house, there's a song playing okay. and you don't know what the song is. Yep. And, it, and it sounds 
different. And you go, wow, that's, that's a really good, that's really good music. And you get in there and it's a song you know, but you're hearing it like upside down backwards. Uh, yeah. And that's sometimes songs come to you that way. I'll hear the chorus of something and I'll go, what is that? Because I just get in the middle of it. I, I catch it in the middle of it. That's happened. Uh, other times, um, it might be a word, a, a few words on here that I might have. I'll write down, I'll jot down all in my phone. I got it somewhere. Um, I've got pages of song titles. So um, I keep song titles and then I'll keep lyrics. And I'm constantly like, like I'll go home if I'm going, going to sleep and I say, hey, I'm, I'm going to check out that, that lyric idea. I have. I'll come up with that and I'll write another verse. And I'll let it go. So there's that way. Mm-hmm. And then there's jamming with a drummer. That's a whole nother way. And then there's jamming with other guys. That's a whole, there's all these different ways to get to songs. Sure. And you just have to really open your antenna. Like Keith Richards says, put the antenna up and let it just happen. You have to let it, let it just happen. And uh, cause you can come up, up with it one way. And then as you get in the studio, uh, it, it takes off another way or, or not. But you were asking um, what got me into it. But sure. what really got me really connected with me was I wanted to get into the studio. Me and uh, friends of early bands, we were really into Brian Wilson and Jack Nietzsche and uh, Phil Spector and all those producers, Brian Wilson, all those cats that did all the 60s. Right? We were about sounds. So we were always reading about uh, Carol Kay in the studio doing, you know, playing behind the monkeys back in, you're talking about back in the 60s, 70s. And uh, so we always went, man, we can't wait to get to the studio. But to get in the studio back then, you had to have, uh, well, back then, fifteen hundred dollars was a lot of money. So it would be the equivalent of like five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars now, at least. Or you had to get signed to a label. So you either had to go out and work a job and spend the money on a tape, and then go in the studio, and it's going to be a demo, and you're spending like tons of money. So you had to get signed. But you know, we worked our butt off and finally got signed as Romantics. And uh, studio has always been the thing I wanted to do, and that's why I enjoy. It. And I can create good in the studio now. So, yeah, so how'd you pick the name Romantics? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Uh, we had some other name. I forget. Because right, I didn't I think that know. was the first name. No, I had. Uh, we had a hard rock group called the Bullets one time. And right. we had a hard rock group called, this is early on, Rock On, because of Humble, Humble Pie had a record right. called Rock On. Yeah, rock On. And then yep. I. My first band was the High Tide. Romantics came along. I think Jimmy was reading. Um, this is my thought. I'm not saying this is the actual thing that happened, but I was reading Cream Magazine. I found a Cream Magazine. I had an interview with um, Brian Ferry from Roxy Music, and we really loved Roxy Music. We almost put a leather group like like rock, a Detroit-ish rock and roll version of Roxy Music, if you can think of that, with wow. the good looks, good, good, wow. good, good clothes, good, good songs. It became the romantics, but uh, um, more rock and roll. But uh, there was an article, Brian Ferry was uh, talking in this article and every other word was about the romantics, like romantic this music, romantic era of art, romantic era of taste, Sounds like early, early France uh, and then later France in the 1890s and then all over the modern era. And then the modern era, from an art, back, art back, background, I would have been, in art school if I wasn't playing guitar. But anyway, so uh, he was talking about all this area, era, new romantics, romantics, and I think Jimmy might have logged that away on a piece of paper. And because one day we're going to a gig 
and we're going to go, we're going to be called like, we said, wow, we got this show. What do you want to call it? The backbeats or something? Nah, that sounds like it. He goes, and someone says something else and Jimmy blurts out, what about romantics? And we go, well, I don't know. That's, you know, wow. Kind of, okay, we'll use it tonight see how it goes. Sure. The thing with romantics, uh, the look, I mean, we started out with stuff like this, where resale shop stuff, where you wear it to one show, I sweat my ass off and it's all falling apart. This <laughs> silk or something, I don't know, whatever it is. And um, from a resale shop for 10 bucks, you know, found these silk jackets. But uh, still doing that. Yeah. Uh, so we graduated from all that resale stuff, clothes, the ties, and went to vinyl because it would last longer. And um, black vinyl, red vinyl, uh, burgundy vinyl, and polka dot vinyl. We had these polka dot pants with little tiny polka dots on them. And then uh, that stuff ripped up and it was really hot. And by the time we got signed, we just went to leather. And to be a band in that era, uh, 78, 9, 80, uh, with red, come out with the album with the wet hair, the look, the, yeah. the tight red, lipstick red yep. uh, leather outfits. And then it was, uh, you had to own it. You had to own that. You did. There was no turning back once you did it. Beetle boots, and then we're opening for Ted Nugent. <laughs> Ted Nugent, what? <laughs> yeah, we were playing El Paso, and uh, we come out. And it's ninety degrees in red leather, and oh no! And no, we didn't get booed, and they didn't throw anything. It went oh. over. So that, if you that, own uh, it, if, if you believe in it and own it, you know, it Ted works. Nugent. Oh my God, was that? Uh, let's see here. Was that the year? Probably yeah, I was going to say it had to be Cat Scratch. Because uh, that, that was, was actually a pretty good record. I, that, was a, that was his first. Uh, once Hendrick pa Hendrix passed away, I think uh, Ted thought he was going to take over the mantle, yeah. the Jimi Hendrix mantle. He did. But in a different way. But uh, Yeah, but he had he, uh, he uh, him really and good. Derek. Him and Derek St. Holmes. Yeah, right? Derek's a great guitar player. He's always right? fighting. The two of them were always fighting. Let's face it, Derek oh. was a better singer. He should have just let him sing, for God's sake. Well, Derek, uh, yes, you're right. Derek's a good guy, a great blues player, a great guitar player. And uh, we did a lot of shows with him when the first record was coming out, before the record came out. Before the record came out with Cheap Trick and uh, all those guys. And um, But Ted had a, had a great band called the Yamboy Dukes, if you ever find that. Yep. It's like a psychedelic pop thing. And he's like in the background, he's playing guitar, but he's not like trying to be the madman. It was a band, a real band, and a really great singer, uh, Farmer. Uh, Ron Farmer, I can't think of the first name right now. Yeah, I think but, it was. Uh, I think it was. Great players, the keyboard yeah. player, like they were the tightest band in Detroit, one of the tightest bands. But they broke up, and uh, after two two successful albums, Migration and uh, Journey to the Center of the Mind, those two records. But uh, anyway, wow. Uh, yeah, so that was our feeding ground. That was our whole learning. I mean, talk about <laughs> music at that time. Now, I was lucky enough to. Uh, I've had Ted on the show, and he went to my high school. Came to play at my high school, blew the freaking doors off. He played. I saw him at Denby High School on the east side of Detroit, and it was just when he wore the loincloth yep. and no shirt and a rope. And he went from one side of the stage to the other. And we looked at it. We looked at each other. And we go. We heard another song. We left. Was, we learned about the whole loincloth thing. So yeah, that was uh, uh, what was that like Super Bowl the Rock? He, I think he did here in Chicago '76 or something like that. It, uh, yeah. My God. I'm talking 60, 68, God. 69. Barely yeah. remember any of that. Yeah. What's happened to my brain? 
right, so let's talk about your stuff, your new stuff. We've got well, a- man. Last year I started with uh, 67 Riot, which got a great thing in Detroit because it's about Detroit riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, great lyrics. The lyrics turned out great. I put that out. Then I had Dark Side of Your Love, which is a more uh, I like that one. minor key thing as a great groove. Uh, then Carrie got married with uh, Brad's wife, wrote the words and music, and I added my guitar to it for a, for a record I did with, for a record I was going to do with Brad. Mm-hmm. But I ended up re-recording, uh, re-redoing guitar parts. I think I did, and putting it out on my record. It's coming out on my record. I released it as a single. Then it came out, "Not My Business" and "My Bad Pretty," yep. and we got your rock and roll. So we're on our way. I mean, we're on our way. I, I'm in. I'm in seven songs deep now with what I like. So uh, and now we're going to get into the album. So there'll be uh, six more songs that you haven't heard, mm-hmm. uh, and probably remixes and. Um, uh, maybe some different ways of doing things on it, like extended things in that. That would be so awesome. Adding a couple, like a, a coupon inside that'll give you two more songs if you buy the album. That's awesome. Plus, if you guys do a release party, make sure you yep. let me know, and uh, you know we'll do something together. So. Well, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I, I think Romantics might be doing a couple of shows in LA. We're thinking about maybe doing a release party for something for that. That would I'm be not, awesome. That I'm would, not sure. It's up would. in the air. That's up in the air. It's too far to think about that right now but it is it's uh well so i'm getting really good your uh, your music is it mike yeah, what's that? is that the best place to go to uh your social uh, well all of them uh, apple music uh spotify Bandcamp. you know um all of them yep it's it's, it's it's going right 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 down the lane there Okay, so let's make sure everybody, you go to mikeskill.com. You can see all the connections yeah. on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm sure if you message him, yeah. he'll message you back, right? You have to do yeah, we, and And we have a 45, uh, I have a 67 Riot 45 I put out. And I still have a couple left, um, if anyone's interested. Wayne Kramer from the MC5 played on it. And it's a kick-ass version. It's really good. But uh, all you have to do is write me at... Uh, uh, uh mikeskill.com and oh, we can get them out to you if, if you're interested in them like the album the digital release and uh we're just kind of rolling along and uh uh september romantic. 10th right that's the release yeah september 10th for uh, what i like about uh for uh the album then it's fantastic as we get a little bit closer i'll have you back on okay yeah. i'll have you play live how about that that'd be all right where do you want me to play? Yeah, I, can, I might be able to get a couple guys over here. Or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. You know, one or two guys be just as a, kind of a release party. We'll do something. Get a couple of friends over. Yeah. Down here. Uh, yeah. No, no yeah. one's really in the music. Not too many musicians are flying around the country these days. No. So um, they're, yeah. they're getting close. You guys are getting close to getting, getting close. And uh, you got to do what you're most comfortable with. You know, well, I'm I just. Not- I don't know about standing around with 10,000 people. So. I just did the Zoom thing for Johnny Thunders from the Dolls. I zoomed uh, right over here. I just filmed it. We did four songs, sent oh. it off to New York, and they did a Zoom. Yeah. Uh, it was for uh, the birth of Johnny, Johnny uh, Thunder's birthday. See, that's cool. Yeah, so. That's cool. And it's out of a club called the uh, the Bowery uh, Electric. These guys over there are doing shows like that, and uh, they've got music going on there now a little bit. That's cool. So, anyway, like- but, uh, tons of songs, man. Some great, man, it's really like turned out. I'm excited about all this. I'm glad to see you back out there. I'm glad to hear your music. It's good to see yeah. you again. You know, it's been a while. So I think the last time I saw you, there was, uh, we were in uh, an outdoor venue. Um, I introduced you to uh, Mike Score of A Flock of Seagulls. And, uh, really? Was it that long ago? Um, I, because I know him for a while. 
Yeah, so maybe it was. Uh, maybe what? That would have been um, yeah, four, or five, four or five years ago. That um, yeah, what was it? Maybe B-52s? I think B-52s okay. were the headlines was the last time I saw you. Yeah, that was in, uh, wasn't that in Georgia? Uh, was yeah, it could have been in Georgia. Two years back? Maybe two years back? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's 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 all a blur. Had <laughs> we lost last year, you know, we just skip it like 13. You just skip that year. So. I'll think of, I'll think about it when I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, wait a second. I remember, yeah. I remember because that's what I'll end up doing. Because I'll just end up going through my phone. That's how I'll find it. Yeah. I'll just go through my phone. I'm like, there well, you that's our, that's our life. Is our phone right? Isn't that right? Thank God for that. <laughs> like an absolute pleasure. Hey, you keep in touch as we get closer to September. We'll get this all done. All right. Good, man. Steve, thank you for the, the props, the help, and uh, uh, the good life and uh, the fun. And play, keep playing the music, man. That's all we can do. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Mike, you take care, all right? Thanks, brother. All right. All right. Peace to you.